So hello to both Jamie and Rod. Hi. Hey. And, uh, Hi. And to this wonderful first day of a new presidency, as everyone's <laughs> been talking about this all day, all the time, about the fashions, about the, 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 mo the moods, everything. <laughs> Inundated with it. Quite the moods. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But overall, I guess what, what, we're, what we'll start with is that we're going to, I guess, be discussing a lot about uh, Black voices specifically within comics and various forms of geek media. Um, and specifically, uh, I guess what we can start with is talking about the big, the big property that has everyone talking all the time about Black voices in comics is specifically Black Panther and how that has now changed, especially with the movie coming out, how that changed kind of the landscape a little bit on how Black people represented in comics specifically. And um, I guess I wanted to start with Jamie, I guess, in this case, how do you feel the Black, the, the, the Black Panther movie has changed the landscape a little bit for, not a little bit, a lot for uh, Black people in comic book representation? Well, first of all, before we start, let's uh, pour a 40 ounce bottle for uh, ta Coates right now. Uh, right. Uh. The run, his run of Black Panther is ending in April. So, uh, you know, shout out to him on that. Um, but yeah, you know, Black Panther has definitely changed the trajectory of how specifically Black people, but, you know, I think how everyone kind of sees themselves um, in the comic book, you know, universe and how we see ourselves in um, fandom universe. And I, I think that Black Panther, the film was a game changer. And the fact that it just broke these box office records, not only domestically, but globally, um, just says a lot about how people feel um, seeing, you know, people of color and specifically black people in these roles, in these roles of, you know, royalty and, um, you know, high ranking officials and, and, and seeing these very unique positions um, of power. Um, it's something that people are thirsty for, that they're craving for. And um, I, I think that Black Panther is something that obviously people are going to want to see more of. And I hope that we continue these stories and see them in more forms and, mm -hmm. you know, things like Afrofuturism, uh, which is obviously, you know, that, something that has been around for a while that I mm -hmm. hope to see become more pervasive in different stories and literature and in film and television so so yeah black panther has just been a game changer all around yeah i mean you mentioned afrofuturism the, that my kind of first exposure to it was more with janelle monet during her yeah. early uh, yeah oh when i first uh heard um like her first ep and i was like what many moons and all these other tracks I'm like what is this what is this world that she's talking about and i love it ah like it was retro futuristic and there was the aesthetic was so just everything and and so I was first kind of exposed to it through that and I kind of you know uh, like looked into it more and then seeing it even more on screen with Black Panther I was like this is the best thing ever <laughs> oh it was it was so great to see because I, I only saw uh, or was exposed to Afrofuturism like only a couple years ago and it was mm. funny because I, I literally just tripped over it and there were so many let's say color redacted people in the comments who just couldn't believe that you know that any of this could happen and da, da, da. I'm just like 
So basically, you have no idea that we have been existing as a diaspora across the world for hundreds of years, that uh, when given any amount of technology that we sit there and we, we build uh, for all kinds of different eventualities or all different types of problem solving, you know, there, there are children in Africa who've learned how to make lights using gravity or using just materials that are around them so that they can now have indoor lighting or wash clothing with like minimal water and all this other kind of stuff. Like we are inventors, we are innovators, we are creators. And like how you can't see black people being able to like travel to the stars and have their own style and do things in a different non-European centric way. Like what? I just, I didn't understand how they couldn't get this, but like, I'm sitting here looking at all the great inventions that have been innovated by people of color, especially by black people. I'm just like, we got this on lock. Like, come on. I'd love to see more of that. Love to see more of that, please. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I feel like Black Panther set the way, not just for Afrofuture, definitely for that, but just like for... I guess Afrofuture in a sense that it could be more Black-led films, more Black-led TV shows, more Black-led books, because they're, I feel like with the Black Panther crossing, you know, over a billion dollar mark, they were like, oh, Black people do go, you know, watch movies (laughs) that aren't just about like slave, (laughs) that aren't just about like slavery or segregation or oppression. The amount of movies have been about that, which is not to say that there's a bad, because yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's good. But when you're only two films films that Hollywood, yeah, yeah, like it's good. We've got MLK, uh, uh, Nelson Mandela, and then Twelve Years a Slave over and over and over. Exactly. We get something else. Mm -hmm. It's like it's good to know our history, but our history is more than just what America has done to Black people, especially Mm -hmm. now. Like, think of like talk about what we're doing in the present time. (laughs) You know, if we want to talk about something, let's do that. And I feel like it's done that because think of how many Black-led TV shows or movies have been done now since Black Panther across mm-hmm. that barrier. We're like, hey, we can have a movie where Black people are actually, you know, the main cast, you know, they're actually thi- thriving and doing things for themselves and mm-hmm. not just uh, the token. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Exactly. <laughs> Even look at exactly. Black Horror. I mean... Uh, oh, yeah. Jordan Peele with, yeah. with uh, Get, Get Out, Out and Get Us. us. Mm-hmm. <gasps> those, mm-hmm. those were great, and oh my god, on the edge of my seat. But it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like to have such a such a, uh, a well led, f- almost fully black cast mm-hmm. doing it was like, I I sat there on the edge of my seat, just mm-hmm. eating every little bit of it up because mm-hmm. I'm just like, for once, I'm seeing me represented in a film, and yeah, they act a little bit different than your your typical film cast mm-hmm. but it was so wonderful because it actually spoke to you know my experience to my struggles how i might react to a situation and that's what i wanted to see i wanted to see me and people like me actually being represented on the page or on the screen like not everything is the same color redacted narrative (laughs) i don't know i I don't want to be you know i don't want to be caustic but it's like you -hmm. get that same narrative over and over again and you're like it's so predictable and it's okay that's 
that's the thing. Okay, yeah, I know what's going to happen now. You know, it, it became so predictable. It became comedic at points. But like mm-hmm. to take it and and to tell it from a different perspective, from a different experience, to show things that are actually scary, but that are scary specifically to a different group. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. To that. make racial mm-hmm. like microaggressions scary, yes. to turn that on its yes. head, and make uh-huh. it into a genre, mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah, it was really was, and I feel like it shows with those movies and Black Panther and other black lit films that have come out i feel like that aren't that are like about more than that like everyday life or something to that degree um really shows that black people also don't have to be perfect in a movie that they Mm -hmm. so they can have emotion they can have loss they can show that they're down and out and you know getting back up from their bootstraps or whatever like they're black people are people Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's you know it's showing that you can hire any any basically person of color but i mean we're specifically talking about black people here that they're more than just the color of their skin as well they have Mm -hmm. they can represent themselves without just being like oh you're black and that's the main plot point of this whole show or movie or anything Uh, like that doesn't need to be it (laughs) oh yeah i think Uh, there was a movie um oh gosh which was it it was the sequel to one of the jurassic park movies i think it was either the second or the third one uh, the lost world um it could be it was the one where jeff goldblum's daughter was black yeah Uh, Lost World. that was number two okay number two and i just thought it was so refreshing at the time that Mm -hmm. they just introduced his daughter and she just randomly was black and they never addressed it Mm -hmm. and like that's what i I give them that yeah Yeah. like that's Mm -hmm. what i love about seeing those types of moments in film or television is like just have these you know real you know, fleshed out stories where you see these, I guess, you know, um, interracial or um, what is it called? These, these relationships with um, parents and, and, and kids of different nationalities and not really necessarily address it like they did in Jurassic and in Lost World. Mm -hmm. So that was just a very refreshing moment that just kind of popped in my mind when you brought that up. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't recall if, because if I remember correctly, like the person that he was romantically involved with was also white. So I actually, I, I think, I'm not sure if that was the actual mother, if that was just someone that was also, he was romantically involved with. I'm honestly not sure, but I still agree that it's the fact that they just said, oh yeah, no, <laughs> daughter, right there. There yeah. you go. No, yeah, yeah, they yeah. Needed. He's black. And, and they never mentioned like the yeah. heritage or yeah, anything like that. So. And wasn't oh, yeah. she like also an, an accomplished gymnast? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, they had that whole scene where she like was, like, was yeah. swinging around. Yeah, yeah. 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 She saves them. So. Yeah. <laughs> she does. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah so that was that's really awesome cool. oh that was so beautiful Actually, Jurassic, but the foster world's never it's not my favorite one unfortunately even though no it's, it's, I think it it's the la scene the la no. scene just ruined it for me the la scene was bad yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, i'm not of... talking about the quality of the movie by the way oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. No, no, yeah, we can yeah. acknowledge the good nuggets in bad yeah movies. good nuggets we can do that we can do that <laughs> Um, I was going to say, speaking of sequels, though, so with the number two movie that's going to be coming out, so, you know, Black Panther mm-hmm. 2, they're going to be basically putting Shuri in, you know, the seat of Black Panther, essentially, with, you know, the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman. And I was going to say, like, do we have any, I guess, concerns or hopes for the next installment or how they're going to progress in, in taking uh, Black Panther into the future at this point? So I wouldn't want, I know Shuri, I 
technically I want Shuri as Black Panther because yeah. she's been Black Panther and a badass Black Panther in the mm-hmm. comics, like really good stories. Um, but the Shuri that we have in the MC right now, I feel like she's too young because yeah. she was snapped away. So she didn't age in those five years. Um, I would want, um, is it Nikita? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character? Yeah, yes. I would want her because she, I mean, in the her character in comic book is in love and like stalkerly in love with T'Challa and is crazy. So I'm glad they kind of did away with that. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. so what they they could take this character in a really good direction and make her Black Panther. And mm-hmm. what I've what the rumors I've I've heard is they're not going to recast T'Challa right now, but they may later. Yeah. So maybe they'll be like oh, she's taking the, you know, the throne or that that role right now. And then mm-hmm. when they recast, when T'Challa comes back, like maybe from space, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. They're like, oh, he's back. And he, you know, he looks different, but he doesn't. And, <laughs> and they get it back. So I yeah. think <laughs> I like that'd be a good path for them to go. That way Shuri can still be like a young scientist that is still like trying to find her own way and be still being herself. Okay. I, I kind of want them to recast Shuri because the actress that is currently yeah. playing her is super problematic, Uh-oh. and I'm I'm really worried that that is going to kind of bleed outwards, and that could that could cost uh, like that could cost us a lot as as a community because um, she put up some really kind of like homophobic and transphobic stuff so mm. i'm just like maybe we could recast her with somebody who's a little bit older um who has a little bit more gravitas that way we also feel like there's some movement of time because yeah, yeah right now she looks really super super young like a kid mm-hmm. and so i can't quite take her seriously in that the older more mature role mm-hmm. but that's neat <laughs> mm. Um, well, I guess I'm of a different opinion. I, I, <laughs> which is I fun. Love, yeah, I, I love Letitia Wright. I think she's great. Um, I think that she would be great as Shuri. Um, I do agree. I think she's a little too young to be Shuri right now. Um, but I, I think her staying in the role of Shuri and, and being a part of the Black Panther universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe would be absolutely fine. I know that she's apologized for the tweets, but Mm-hmm. apologizing on twitter doesn't mean anything anymore so <laughs> that it is what it is <laughs> but actions over words as they say yeah. yeah um but um you know i'm curious to see where they go not only with shuri but also with respect to the villains of the film because mm-hmm. um I was such a huge fan of Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. Mm-hmm. And I know in the comics that Killmonger actually comes back to life. Like he actually is revived. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a possibility that they could take that route and bring him back as Killmonger. And there's this great black female villain by the name of Madam Slay, who uh, I yeah. absolutely <laughs> loved in the comics, which I would love to see her play a role because we need a black female villain. Like, yeah. I feel like that has to happen. So if they did that um, and bonus bringing back Michael B. Jordan, that would be cool for the sequel, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I... I do. I would want more black villains, um, but I do want a different villain. <laughs> you want not... a different villain from Killmonger? 
Yeah, they're not they're not black, um, but I think they they technically could be Asian or they could make them Asian because they don't. He's kind of ambiguous. Namor, Namor is oh, like yes, big. Av- he's yeah. a big adversary of Wakanda. They've had you know clashings a lot, yeah. and I feel like that'd be a good way to introduce that character um, hmm. and introduce another person of color if they do make him Asian. I feel like making them Asian kind of makes sense. They have to make him Asian. It yeah. would whitewashing to me if they didn't. Yeah, because I mean, is he Namor looks- the Marvel Aquaman? Is that one? Is that is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I was, yeah. I was like. Yeah. I was like I'm more of a DC person, so I always have to remind myself <laughs> of who the Marvel people are. So no. I would have to, I would have to do a big, big deeper dive. But I don't really know what ethnicity he is in the comics, but I feel like he looks Asian. He to me. Yeah, so. he's Asian, he's Asian to me. descent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, yeah. Good, good. Um, and I'm thinking, I forget the actor's name, but the main actor in Crazy Rich Asians. Um, oh, okay. I think he would be a good Namor. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, he's very attractive. That. He could fit the um basically nude namor-esque you know (laughs) (laughs) namor is never in nothing nothing more than a speedo that man i swear yeah okay yeah i feel like that would make a good story though no yeah that's great because namor has a huge um adversarial relationship with black panther would be interesting for sure i would totally see that for sure oh yeah i could see that working out well honestly has namor even been in any like i'm trying to think no. of has he really been in much at all like as far as mm-hmm. outside of comic media like even in comics as, yeah. I, I, I don't think he's ever really had his own line or anything or i think mm. he's been a little bit in in like the the animated it's... here and there but like never really had his own title um mm-hmm. as far as like a cartoon goes or or anything like that so yeah it would be a great way to kind of like bring in um a really great huge cast and crew for the the atlanteans and you know his country under the sea and whatnot so yeah i could oh that'd be oh i wonder how they'd address that with the whole aquaman being a thing but i guess it would probably be a good idea because now that aquaman has also made his own billion dollars like oh (laughs) we're gonna start tapping into like the popularity of aquaman and undersea worlds you know i would i feel that would maybe Working I think that's why the uh, the MCU or Marvel in general hasn't made anything like animated or a movie wise with Namor because of DC really uses Aquaman a lot and like their animated stuff and now they have a movie. Um, but not to be biased, but I feel like the MCU would make a better Atlantis, you know kind of oh. movie sorry uh, <laughs> i'm okay i, I will defend, I will defend dc to a point so i will give you guys dc people credit oh yeah animation oh yeah. yeah yeah oh for sure no i i will only defend dc up to a point no i'm not gonna be like oh dc can do no wrong no yes they have they've done wrong so many times uh, we're not going we're going to we can list it out we can listen Wonder it woman out. 1984 <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh okay <coughs> do we want to Ow. We can talk about that for a moment if you want. <laughs> she like yeah. opened the can of worms. Oh, yeah, you had to mention. Yeah. So, so I will admit that when I first saw it, I was entertained. I by the end, I was like, I enjoyed myself. I was not bored out of my mind or anything like that. And I actually cried at the end when he and his son, you know, rejoined together. The moment was it just got me for some reason. It did, but. That does not excuse how the overall movie went because there were several points where I was like, why is this happening? I'm just going to ignore it for now, but why is this happening? <laughs> like, especially the part where Chris, um, where um, 
Steve Trevor comes back. I'm like, they didn't have to use this method to bring him back. This is a whole problem. We're getting into <laughs> whole consent issues here, and I'm not okay with that. That's a, uh, I don't know why a, a woman director would have even okayed that too. Like, of all things, I felt that that was something that was a, you should know better, but you did this moment. I don't know. That's my, I mean, that's come my on, biggest. They cast Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Like, there's your first mistake. Well, she was, I, I didn't hate her as Wonder Woman. I actually don't mind her as Wonder Woman. The fact that they picked someone from the Mediterranean. Her, you know. The whole Israeli thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tr- she oh, is so don't problematic. Don't get me started <laughs> yeah. on that. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. Don't well, get me well, that, and, and <laughs> she looked, she looked so soft and Barbie like compared to all the hardened athletes that they got to be the amazon warriors who are literally standing right behind her like oh yes we're gonna go to the the senate council and then we're gonna go off to train and whatnot and they all look just like Mm -hmm. even even oh god uh the woman who played princess buttercup who was then the general like even she like got all um, buffed out robert oh god robin i yeah i can't remember her last time i'm so bad robin wright or i think it's robin wright robin wright like she was like she even like she trained hard she got buffed she looked like she could whoop some serious ass mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you have gal Gadot standing there <laughs> oh confused oh the, the the world of men and i'm like yeah shut up oh god no no that's the thing and i think it worked better in the first like movie was... than the second movie the second movie she should have been more uh a more mature, uh aged and i guess mature when it came to the world and it didn't come across well at all it it was made for the male gaze it's constantly being made for the male gaze where she's mm. she's just amazed at everything and always so naive and i'm just like wonder woman might have been confused about a few things culturally but overall, she wasn't this naive, doe-eyed child. And so I had a lot of problems with it. But I did like the fact that when you're back on Themyscira, they had such a wonderful, diverse pantheon of women mm-hmm. playing the Amazons. You had um, you had Muhammad Ali's daughter. Oh, I didn't know Layla. that. Yeah, I didn't Layla know that. Ali. I, I think it was Layla Ali was was playing uh, one of the Amazons and she was like the 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 person who was doing all the training and I mean she's built like a boxer she's this big strong hard woman and I'm just like they had so many gorgeous people of color women of color mm-hmm. who were just strong and regal and you know well centered and I'm just like I want to see more of the Mescria. This it's so gorgeous <laughs> and so diverse, and it just made my little heart sing. And then you know we went off and you know followed Wonder Woman. I'm like, yeah, take me back. The best part of the movie was the very first scene. The opening scene yes. was the best part, and then yeah. the yes. rest of the movie fell apart. Yeah. I did like the mall scene. You know that that was that was kind corny. Of a, a yeah. corny, like fluffy. It was eighties. Yeah, very eighties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's you know? supposed to be. It's supposed to be. So. Yeah, but then I mean, mm-hmm. what Pedro Pascal? First of all, he, I actually did buy Pedro Pascal. <laughs> listen, so. he is supposed to be this charismatic, you know, compelling villain, and they just squeezed all of the charisma out of him. They took him from being like, you know, Game of Thrones, Narcos, like he's this great, amazing actor, to being this two-dimensional, like three-piece suit prop and i'm just like what what am i watching 
And then Kristen Wiig, who I love, I mean, her origin is Cheetah. Oh, I love your shoes. Like, really? <laughs> That's how she becomes that Cheetah. Was... Like her animal yeah. print shoes. Like, it was so, <laughs> so yeah. bad. And then come to find out, Patty mm. Jenkins co-wrote the script. Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm like, maybe yeah. next time, focus directing. And maybe they should get, like, Gail Simone or, like, somebody <gasps> in the comic book industry to write the scripts for these films because yeah. mm-hmm. the story to me like i don't have a problem with the actors i had an issue with the script it just fell yeah. apart steve trevor yeah. by the way didn't even need to be in the film didn't need to be mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. Yeah. no so- shade to gail simone she did like the film so <laughs> yeah, i mean and, no and shade that's, to her <laughs> that's the thing like uh, one last thing to add about this is like Basically, a lot of Wonder Woman's motivation was still res- centered around a man, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And why did you need to have that for Wonder Woman? It didn't need to revolve around him. If, it, if he needed to be in it, he could have been, it, it didn't have to just center around how she's like, oh, longing for this person over 80 years. Like 80, 80 yeah. almost 80 years, right? It's, yeah. it, it felt like too much putting too much of her own happiness into him. And I'm like, why like you had all this time to get over someone and you're you're still holding a candle for them i knew him two weeks 80 years later and then what they did natasha rothwell from insecure i was like natasha's in like two scenes and has like five lines (laughs) don't give me story about how there was almost no people of color in this movie no yeah. people oh color, basically. No. Yeah. There was, so there was the guy that had the book. The guy that had the book. He was like, I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Sandy, and it, yeah. that was it. They didn't even need to go there, first of all. The fact mm. that they went there was very racist, I, I felt like. Um, but what? see, what I thought, I don't even think you really needed Maxwell Lord in the, in the movie, because they didn't get him right at all. He's not like mm-hmm. that. He's very like he's psychopathic. Like he's very self-centered, and, and he's also a genius. But more, more whatever on that, I guess. But for what I what I feel like the wicked they could have done is not have any men lovers or men villains in the movie, and had you know Wonder Woman who lost the love of her life. It's been a few years. She's like her, all her friends that she knew died because she's you know a goddess. She lives past him. She doesn't know what to do with herself, so she's like, well as we saw in the, you know, Batman and Superman movies, she's in a museum. So she goes to a museum to try to, you know, because she likes artifacts because she grew up on Themyscira and likes that kind of stuff. And she meets Barbara. She, Barbara sees her. She's jealous of her because Wonder Woman's like a model goddess. And then, mm-hmm. they, you know, they get some artifact and Cheetah actually gets her power um, from a god, like a trickster, mm-hmm. like a, like a Cheetah animal god. Of her, I can't, remember the specifics but well, there's but, been a couple of origin stories been a, too, been, but yeah at yeah, least yeah. one of them is yeah a, an imbued artifact that yeah she happens to get a hold of that yeah turns her into the cheetah that would have been great to see yeah. that would have been amazing to see pair of shoes exactly <laughs> she likes a pair of animal shoes and that's the origin of how she becomes the cheetah like oh and i God. hate that the golden oh. armor was just to sell toys yeah, that's literally all yes. of us. I mean, okay, so granted, that's not the first time it's ever happened in any sort of, like, superhero media. For God's sakes, there's been several, like, shows in the True. 80s that were just built to make toys. But at the same time, we didn't need to True. do that now, again. And also, going back yeah. to Cheetah, yeah. going back to Cheetah is basically her motivation 
was also driven by men because she got all this male attention after she started getting all confident. Yeah. And that was yeah. awesome. yep. like yeah. everything. And it, it, this, was- I mean, you can't even blame this on men. Yeah, no, it, it felt yeah. like a woman took female representation back 40 years yeah. just yeah. making this movie. I'm like, yeah, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would you do that? I expect a first movie to be kind of rocky when you're starting everything going and I get that. But like, this is a second movie and you had plenty to build with and there was right. tons of, of, of information and, and comic storylines to go through that you could have used beautifully mm-hmm. and instead they just it felt like they were trying to sell nostalgia toys yep mm-hmm. yep 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 and i'm like why and i feel why? like i feel like the only reason we're so hard on it because as like we have you know two women here as we're people of color women and people of color are underrepresented in media mm-hmm. we see wonder woman who is you know a white woman but still a woman and we want, especially women superhero who we don't see a lot, we want them to succeed and be great yes. and to show also little boys and girls and, you know, whatever they identify as to like have good representation and yeah. like, because they're going to watch this and they're going to get lessons from it and mm-hmm. for it to be like that and to have them view that and get those kinds of lessons, it's just kind of disheartening yeah. a little bit, yeah. you know? Oh, Hopefully yeah. she does better on the third one. Yeah, I, hopefully. I, I, I honestly want to. I honestly want to get someone Nubia. else. The, no, yes, that, please. That, Nubia. Please. I also yeah. want to just have someone else direct it. So wrong in the comics, though. If you oh, guys have yeah. read the story, it's tragic. Yeah. yeah. It's I think they're trying thing. to bring her. I think they're trying to bring her back in DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will McKinney oh, is doing oh, story. Oh, yeah. They are. Like that, and honestly, that I want to see comics are oftentimes used as just like the starting place and you can use it as a skeleton of where to go because you notice that yeah. you know animation versus comics versus you know movies they yeah. all kind of take bits and pieces from each other and, and which direction to go mm-hmm. like for gosh sakes mm-hmm. you know comics have like oh we like this direction that they took in the movies and we're going to now incorporate that or oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. vice versa and all the time so hopefully you can then t- you know take the good things out of the comics for like Nubia for example and then go in a better direction than it's yeah. been taken mm-hmm. obviously yeah, um, I was going to say, based on the fact that we're recording this on Zoom and this is not a paid Zoom, unfortunately, we uh, it ends at 40 minutes, so we can do another 40 minutes after this. Mm-hmm. But um, so I just wanted to let people know there's like eight minutes left. Just to... Okay. <laughs> but this is not to have us stop talking at all. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, ultimately, so when it comes to, so when it comes to now just other you know people of color and black superheroes specifically um like is are there what are your favorites right now and do you hope to, and do you think that there's going to be more of a showing of them in the future so i'll direct it to jamie first oh uh well i mean i grew up on storm so she's my mm. favorite black superheroine like of all time <laughs> okay um i unfortunately she hasn't been represented well on film um, <laughs> right uh, mm. <laughs> more like a light drizzle <laughs> yeah, yeah i feel like black women everywhere can agree that like just storm has just been tragically uh, misrepresented um where do you think she's so, been represented the best uh, honestly probably in uh animation yeah really even over the comics <laughs> the where X-Men they originally 90s series on fox oh wow yeah oh yeah oh yeah in the comics oh yeah the comics for sure oh, okay. I, I was just thinking about um 
movies. Yeah, um, film-based media. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Comics, um, animations, she's been represented well. Um, yeah. But yeah, Storm is definitely, you know, on the top of my list of, of superheroes. Very nice. What about you, Rod? Which which ones? Uh, which uh, black superheroes your favorite, and have they been represented well in media that you yeah. like them in? Well, I was gonna say Storm because <laughs> <laughs> I love Storm. Um, she obviously like Jane, um, but to not just talk about Storm again, I. One, it just got, um, and she just got two episodes are great. And the third one coming out this Friday, can't wait. Um, but Monica Rambeau or Spectrum are technically the first female Captain Marvel. Um, it's fantastic. I felt, you know, they, they make her as powerful or at least a powerful being um, because she is one male. like take her stage or at least be on you know the side of the other powerful heroes too and we years later ta-da yes. here she is all grown up and you know here's how she got her powers i would love to see that like i'm just i'm salivating <laughs> at the mouth because i'm just like he introduced her come on bring her bring her because i i really want to see them the little girl to you know here on the big screen as a superhero that would be amazing in my eyes well tiana paris talked to us at black girl nerds and um she did say that Monica is going to have her origin story nice. in WandaVision. So yes, we're definitely getting that. Thank goodness. Because uh, it's deserved. Yeah. I mean, she, she yeah. led the yeah. Avengers. She sure well. did. She sure <laughs> did. Oh. You know? Wait. So, eat it. Oh, so happy. So oh, I can't. I want to say one more. Yes. Um, missed the one who's represented well in a show that was on Netflix and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage was Misty Knight. Yeah. Well, no, well, and, and Iron Fish, yeah. who's in that one too. But yeah, Misty Knight was really represented well. That character, mm-hmm. the way she was represented is to the T, like in the comic mm-hmm. books. Yeah. So. yeah, she was oh, so good. But yeah, we definitely need to see more um, heroes of color um, represented. And now that we're we're creating a universe, especially uh marvel is expanding into a universe dc is slowly expanding into a universe as well i really want to see more mm-hmm. you know characters of color because it's like you've got a universe you're not just yep. based in you know some t- tiny podunk town you're a universe like expand bring in more yep, what yep. more yeah i'll put money <laughs> at it come on i mean <laughs> i mean ultimately but we're seeing batman get his upteenth like movie adaptation all the time like it's interesting seeing how many times they're going to reinvest <sighs> in that but not invest in new things and so i'm hopeful for more for more is he gonna you know, sparkle people- <laughs> this next time around uh okay okay come on <laughs> tell me i'm wrong uh, tell me i'm wrong 
he's he's not the worst he's not the worst actor just blame the script and the direction of that whole franchise for that i mean honestly but um but i i'm i'm hopeful but at the same time i'm hoping they're not just going to definitely matured past that movie oh for sure for sure yeah do it again (laughs) yeah shout out to javicia leslie by the way for her premiere this past week for batwoman Oh yeah, right. series right now with a black female lead superheroine that's on TV nice. right now. Oh, for so. sure. I don't watch the CW uh, DC shows, but I am very supportive. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, I think I'm gonna have to watch that now. I know. Oh, okay. well, that's the thing. I tried getting into Flash for a while, and what? it was I was there for the like the first season or two, and then I was like. It, it, for some reason, I started losing interest in it. For some reason, I think it was the CWification of the whole thing, and I could only k- keep up with mm, that yeah. kind of show style for so long before it's just kind of repetitive to me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I'm like, go, yeah. Like I tried doing that with Legends of Tomorrow as well, and I watched the first season. I'm like, this is okay, but it was not enough to oh, be able to keep going, even though Legends of Tomorrow <laughs> apparently keeps getting better because it, it leans into its cheesy. And I'm like, okay, apparently I need to like pick this up again. But the first season wasn't enough for me to do it. Apparently, <laughs> like, ugh. like I just want, I just want to see Young Justice season uh, four now. Four, yeah, four. yes, four. Nice. Because I had to think for a second because there was Invasion and then there was, um, God, the second one was called something else. They don't call them just. They just. Yeah. Yeah, I keep forgetting they add like a, a tag on each season now, but mm. they, we've we've now we've gotten we need to see more Calderon. We need to sort all of the all of them. Just we need to see all of them all mm-hmm. those all the time. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering how they're going in- to include the um, the, uh, the, oh, the God the League from the Future. What was it? The Le- oh, why am I blanking on the name? Legion of Superheroes from the year of oh. 3000 something because they yeah, had that yeah. ring at the end. So they're going to have to incorporate them at some point. Um, so I guess we'll see how that goes. Oh, see. Hopefully it goes well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they would even <laughs> do that, but it has to, obviously it's going to have to do time travel because, you know, time travel is always included in some sort of comic book storyline at some point. Almost no, just the have the flash slip on a rug and the flash force will do it for you <laughs> <laughs> or just you know rely on the quantum realm like they just did with the you know the marvel with the, with the infinity wars <laughs> like, just do that <laughs> um so ultimately when it comes to the major two like comic book you know empires that we have we're not, we're not going to get into the 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 indie ones right now but who do you think has had a better track record of representing black people between DC or Marvel. Uh, just DC and Marvel. I was about to say milestone, but <laughs> right. Well, was, was it, is it milestone part of like, wasn't that kind of an offshoot of DC in a, a little yeah, bit? DC imprint. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, so... yeah. But they haven't done much with it. No, they, they got to... it back and that's the yeah. problem. Yeah. 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 I would say in that retrospect, not counting that, I would say Marvel because they've actually had their black characters um lead teams and lead books and more more of a sense in dc just has them as side characters from what i've seen now maybe i'm wrong but (laughs) from what i've seen i mean it's i would say it's not unfounded to feel that way just because every time i've kind of looked at various dc things it does kind of seem that 
they're a little bit more on the side or they're kind of backup characters. Like even yeah. when you think of like Green Lantern, he like how many Green Lanterns did we have before getting Jon Stewart? I mean, or yeah. how long was Hal Jordan yeah. around before we got Jon Stewart? Yeah. And stuff like that. So I totally see it. And the fact that um like even now when people start talking about, you know, black people that have been involved in the major DC comic, you know, panel like pantheons and stuff, like you have Cyborg and John Stewart. Those are the two big ones that you can think of, right? Right. Yeah. The, you can you can mention all the uh, all the small the smaller heroes that are here and there or the side I characters. Like yes, now because of the show, it's mm-hmm. kind of come up a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Like I remember when I first heard of the Vixen during the animated series, right? <laughs> and that was the first time I ever heard of Vixen. And even though I love Vixen, I love Vixen. Yeah. The f- I always had some slight problems with how they um, kind of portrayed her ultimately because yes. they really they really over sexualized her the way that she looked, yeah. and anytime I saw like them show her like off, it was always like from angles that showed off her body a lot in retrospect. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really notice it as much when you're little, but yeah. when you're older, you I definitely mean, notice a lot more. Pose and yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot of hyper-sexualized images of her in the comics. Yeah. Oh, she was the yeah. only black girl on... And they kept making her lighter and lighter and lighter. Mm-hmm. Like, but they do that with all the black women in the comics. Both true. Marvel and DC. True. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Storm was like very Caucasian just recently. I'm like, yeah. I, who was their colorist? I, I was going to say, <laughs> whose decision fi- was that? They fixed it, though, because of the complaints on Twitter and off of Twitter. It shouldn't have so. been able to make it, no, it shouldn't. Book in the first place. No, like, it shouldn't have. And this brings up to the question of, did they have people of color, at least a lot of people of color, in the background making decisions on this? And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't know. I don't keep I don't track of so. who is in charge of a lot of the decisions that are made in all, both of these corporations now. But... It just shows that probably this probably wouldn't have gotten to this place if someone of color maybe would have said something or if there was not enough or a representation behind there to maybe or maybe they're not working in the right areas to kind of facilitate that influence. I honestly yeah. don't know. Just exactly. because Did they just grab a colorist who apparently had never read X-Men before and knew nothing of Storm because like literally she was the same color as I think it was Magneto who was sitting right next to her. I'm just going. Yeah, it was Who's this. Oh. Oh, oh! This better not be who I think it is. Oh no! It was it was so weird too because I don't remember who the colorist was, but they've colored people of color before and colored them basically correctly or to their right shade. So I'm like, maybe it's because they were rushed because of Corona. I don't know, but I mean, like, put the pencil down more. I don't like. I don't. I don't don't know. Change the setting if you're doing digital. I don't know what to tell you. Right. I mean, anytime. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to piggyback off of, um, you know, speaking of hypersexualization, I remember this was a few years ago when J. Scott Campbell's um, version of Riri Williams came out, and that mm. caused her on Twitter because she was hypersexualized, and I was just like, what are you doing? This is a teenage girl, like, yep. you don't do that, but... Ooh. It's so easy, it seems, for these illustrators to, you know, sexualize black girls over white girls. But then again, you know, you you do see it with the white girls, especially like the Harley Quinns, um, sure. you know, but still, it's just like, it's just gross. Like, you yeah. know, well, especially showing that of a teenager. Yeah, yeah, like when they do it to like 15, 16 year old girls, I'm like, 
what the fuck are you doing yep. this is an underage girl yeah, that's not and good. you making her look like she's in her early 20s that's super like that's like creeper level that's like groomer level that's i'm just glad they have not gone that route with how they've t- portrayed uh the new star sapphire in titans at least they haven't overtly over sexualized her too right. much it's been yeah. very very tame which i'm happy about mm, like yeah. it that was a big concern as well besides the fact that you know she was getting all this flack for being oh why are you black star mm-hmm. sapphire is not black it's like you she's an alien first of all <laughs> calm down right she's, she's an alien. alien like and she had curly giant curly hair and very much curvature like she had curves I mean, like, they styled her we, off of a black drag queen yeah, like she always looked <laughs> black to me like i have the hair she always looked black to me if i were to give her a more a human look i was like oh yeah it's like, only it's only just because the way they've done star sapphire in the comics and and the way that mm. they've done her in the like, especially teen titans because that's where people mostly remember her star sapphire is from the the teen the teen titans uh tv show don't get me started on that (laughs) uh, is that they've kind of she's kind of been default white with just orange skin or something like that that's basically kind of how they they portrayed her lazy they gave her flat hair they gave her you just just they flattened everything out to make it simple to draw but i mean even in the comic books they just kind of flattened out her hair got lazy on how they made her and they just made her into a sex robot i'm just like and the fact that they kind of dress her in also very hypersexualized things almost all the time so i've seen strippers that, that wear more. <laughs> like think... there's got to be super glue holding that shit on <laughs> yeah i will go back um to go on jamie's point about riri i'm glad that um because the way i feel like like bendis made her yay for bendis like he does make you know he made miles morales wow. riri. Mm-hmm. um but he didn't write riri the best um, he definitely he just rolled her as like the angry black teenager, which yeah. is not yeah. No. Um, but when Eve Ewing wrote her for her solo book that just came out, like finished like last year, I believe it finished like mid last year. That was a great book, and it really you know showed a young black woman you know in her intelligence because she's like genius level in mm-hmm. like engineering and go through her you know her her her. Um, childhood trauma with her father and her family and with her friends and like being growing up to be like a superhero type person because you know she's another iron person so i really like that that um after the whole like sexualized thing and the whole like kind of making her unlikable angry black teenager they got this black woman to write her write her well and revamp the character so people actually like the character again and now the character is going to get her own tv show on disney plus in like another two or so years which is amazing like who would have thought a black teenage woman superhero woman would get her own tv show like i wouldn't i would have been like oh maybe she'll be a part of maybe a war machine or young Avengers story. That's what I was assuming, mm-hmm. but she's getting her own TV show. And that's, I'm like, I'm so happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they see her as a part of phase four in the Marvel mm-hmm. universe. I hope yeah, so. That'd be wonderful. Oh, 
That seriously would. I mean, I think a lot of things are being shifted around after the pandemic of how they're going to prioritize certain things for sure, because yeah. they're not going to try to put, just pump out movies as before. They're like, okay, we need to maybe tone it down, maybe put series on stream instead of movies. Yeah. That's the safe route. That's what's going to get us money. And that's <laughs> yeah. it'll be about what's going to give them the most money at this point. So maybe that'll, they'll try some new things out because of that. I mean, it's one can hope at least <laughs> i would i would love to see more series because yeah the the movies kept getting kind of longer and longer and longer and which, bigger you know, i love a good long movie but it you know there's only so much information that you can put in so much backstory so much character development you can get into a movie mm-hmm. whereas if you have a series you can get a lot more characters in you can get a lot more mm-hmm. development in mm-hmm. and yeah yeah it does garner them more money because you can make more products and whatnot but you can get just you can get so much more done in like you know eight to ten episodes than you can in like a two to three hour movie. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would kind of like to see it. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because comic books are essentially an episodic series. So exactly, I've always felt that telling a comic book story made sense in episodic television that's why i'm grateful for what disney plus is giving to fans because all of these new properties that are coming on disney plus and just seeing how wandavision is unfolding with these first two episodes and seeing all the easter eggs that are popping in and (laughs) i just can't wait to see how they're going to go ahead and do the crossover with the marvel cinematic universe Uh, it it makes sense to do it episode by episode because then we can really kind of unpack how this story is going to unfold yeah definitely then yeah and then after wandavision we're gonna get falcon and winter soldier we're gonna get Ah, a black we're gonna get a black captain america and then we're gonna get patriot who's uh, like like black captain america jr so basically (laughs) like they like so uh, like we get more like good black male representation in a superhero form which maybe younger kids will probably watch that too that's on disney plus that we don't really get besides I mean, Black Panther and maybe Jon Stewart, like in like cartoon wise. Like that's I hope we it. get more Jon Stewart just because <laughs> of the fact that Jon Stewart's only really been in like the animated series. That's it. Like, exactly. we, we, like we, we need more Jon Stewart on a live action one, one and two, mm-hmm. like we need one that's focused on his story specifically. Like we had him in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And then we had him as a side character in Young Justice. Like he shows up. But mm-hmm. that's it. Like, there's not really much beyond that. I would like to have one focus solely on him, for one. We have the comics that are focused on him, of course. We've had that. But, like, outside of that media, just have it focused on him for sure. And, like, just every time I, like, think of Green Lantern, I always think that he's one of the, he's the cooler one. I actually, I actually don't like Hal Jordan. I really don't. As far, <laughs> like, I prefer Jon Stewart over Hal Jordan, honestly. Like, yeah. when, I read, when, when, I read, when I read the comics, because when it comes to, like, the representation of like the green lanterns it's like john stewart's just a little bit more compelling than hal jordan hal jordan's just yeah. kind of like he i get tired it always surprised tired me him. when they decided to go you know it always surprised me that they didn't cast um john stewart as green lantern in the movies because there's a large mm-hmm. legion of fans that only know john stewart because of the animated series yeah so it just made exactly. sense exactly that they would go ahead and go with John Stewart when they decided to make, you know, a live action version of it. Yeah. But yeah. you know, white people's gonna white. So <laughs> <laughs> I like I I'm not a big fan of 
the the concept of green lanterns i do like uh john stewart you are a big fan so that's great <laughs> everyone needs to like something <laughs> um but <laughs> there's a fan for everything um but but i do love john stewart and like jamie said i agree that everybody i didn't know who hal jordan was before the movie, uh, that same. bad Green Lantern movie, same. I was like, "Why is there a white guy in Green Lantern?" <laughs> I was like, "I thought that was John Stewart. Why are they making John Stewart white?" Like, I was like, "No, that's part of the reason why I never watched the movie until recently, like last year." <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, see now, I I grew up in the '80s and '90s, so I knew who Hal Jordan was, but I was really hoping that they were gonna use john stewart because he was such so much more of a compelling character who was very human and like you could really get into him and it was great and when i saw who was playing it i'm like is he playing guy gardner is he gonna be guy gardner would be more interesting than hal jordan like what's (laughs) and then it's like oh this is Hal jordan like why aren't they up wait no why why are why are you going this route and like yeah just oh it was the 2000s the 2000s had weird kind of directions to take comic book movies and it only right. started changing with the way how marvel started going about it they're the ones that actually started yeah. doing it right but before that it was like mm-hmm. it could either really work like with spider-man or it could be like Ugh, like with green lantern it, it could have gone in either direction or like <laughs> superman returns Ugh, yeah. not that but, one too <laughs> yeah i would i would love if they if they make another green lantern movie to kind of erase the old stain uh if they went with john stewart I think that would be like the way to go and like get us some representation. But um, uh, I know that you mentioned um, Winter Soldier and Falcon. I can't wait to see that because you have two men who have PTSD who are dealing with their problem, like actually getting therapy and dealing with their problems. One of them actually has a disability because he he's actually you know he's missing his arm. That arm isn't on. He's down one. Um, but also you have this. Oh my god, I love Falcon so much. Like getting him to become Captain America, and it's canonical. I want to see that. I really want to see how he mm-hmm. has to deal with that because he recognizes both the uh, both the actor and the character recognize that. Yeah, this is going to be different because I'm a black man who is Captain America. I know that there's going to be a different response to me. I want to see how they're going to, you know, move forward and work with that. But also, I think it's so great that we have a black man who is dealing with PTSD and doing it in such a manner that is healthy and finally showing young black men and young black children that if you have been through trauma, it's okay that you've been through this trauma you can search for help you can get help you can get therapy you can get counseling and you can still be amazing and wonderful and functional and you know like be yourself it doesn't make you less to get help because you've been through trauma it's like i want to see this i really want to see this because it's an amazing message to put forward so like it needs to happen (laughs) Yeah. I hope they do it well. That's all I'm asking. Marvel. I think they will. I think they'll yeah. pull it off well. I, I, I don't know. Maybe because I'm biased, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are some Marvel movies that have been trash. Um, oh yeah, Ultron. Yeah. You know, first Thor, Thor two. 
Dark I like Age of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, he's a speedster and he got shot. He's a speedster okay, okay, yeah, that, and he got yeah, that was, shot. Make that, was dumb, that was dumb. Dull. Like, that's just tragic. <sighs> that was dumb, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, but I think I think Marvel so far, what I mean, I know it's early, but so far from what we've been seeing with these Disney Plus um, titles, uh, I think they're going to be able to pull it off and do a really good job. And and obviously, what they've done with the Avengers films and mm-hmm. uh, Infinity War and um, Endgame, it's just they've just been pretty brilliant of just tying all of this connective tissue together. It's just it's pretty brilliant. There, they've created an art out of telling stories and uh yeah. i think they're going to do a really good job with um with falcon and winter soldier so yeah fingers crossed, fingers crossed. <laughs> and they're they're brilliant actors and they have yeah. some of the best chemistry i, I love yeah. seeing yeah. mackie and um <laughs> Sash, i don't know sebastian? why just escaped. sebastian right yeah I think it's sebastian sebastian. Stan. Stan. um i love seeing those two together mm-hmm. so yeah I heard that um, I forgot if it was an insider or if Disney said it themselves. I can't remember, but that this show is really going to talk about race, like obviously because you know oh. Captain America is becoming black. Um, but they they're going to talk about race like Disney hasn't before, or like that Marvel hasn't, like MCU really? hasn't before. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I mean, like I feel like they they kind of have to. Yeah. <laughs> I will be yeah. surprised if they do, just because yeah. of the fact that they still want to make money and so therefore yeah. i'm like they're but not going gotten, to break many barriers they've gotten yeah. bolder recently with the barriers that they're willing to cross uh i'm gonna go on tangent frozen 2 mm-hmm. in frozen 2 you you have um uh elsa's grandfather who did native people of the land very wrong cut them mm-hmm. off from their magic yeah. and she's like look my grandfather did something horrible I'm going to correct the 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 tragedy and dishonor and the betrayal that he did. So I mean that that was a touchy subject, and yet they still went there in a kids movie. So mm-hmm. I have hope that Disney is gonna start moving forward and being a little bit bolder instead of taking just the safe routes. So and I, I will say Disney's probably more willing to do that with Falcon and Winter Soldier because it's a TV show and because people are already subscribing to the channel that the TV show is going to be on. It's mm-hmm. more, it'll probably be more successful and not as much of a um, money risk if mm-hmm. since it's a TV show instead of a movie where you have to go in theaters for. Yeah, so. and and we already know that they're gearing it towards adults rather than just children. So mm-hmm. yeah. They're, I think they're going to be a little bit bolder. I can, I can hope. I can yeah, hope. I think so. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, though, with a lot of... Um, I, I sometimes see this trend with a lot of, uh, specifically, you know, Black superheroes and other people of color superheroes, but it kind of focuses a lot on... They do a lot of storylines around kind of, you know, trauma specifically or, like, racial trauma, for example. Yeah. Like, do you, do you feel that that is too much as in like ha- has it happened too much and should there be a, a balance between that and just kind of treating them like no they're just also people that have you know go through just regular things like you never really see oh you know any of the white superheroes going through some sort of like oh we're dealing with our you know specific whiteness in this specific way like it, it, it it's it's good to address it because then obviously you know people who are, you know 
uh, white people can see, you know, that, you know, people of color and black people go through this specific trauma, but sometimes it's can be the only story that they tell oftentimes. So do you feel that is something that is, there's been too much of it or there's not enough of it? I, I feel like that there's obviously been a lot of it, um, but I feel like there's, it's good to touch on it. It's good to address it. But like you said, it's good not to make it not the only story like make it you have you have to make it a a part of a person of color story because that's the society we live in unless you're talking you're unless you're putting them in a society that is not ours yeah you have to touch on it like that's just how it is unfortunately but don't make it their only story because our stories are not only us being oppressed yeah, so. I mean, I think Rod, you had touched on it too about Bendis creating Riri's character, and that was the one thing that really disappointed me with his um, origin story of her kind of growing up in this um, environment where it was built out of trauma. And it's like, come on, yeah, we've been through this trauma story, um, and mm-hmm. it seems like it's kind of pervasive with, especially with the black female characters in comics, mm-hmm. like. Why do they have to come from a poor neighborhood or a rough neighborhood? Like uh, Amanda Waller growing up all the time, the Cabrini projects, and like you know, it's okay. Black people live in the suburbs too, right? Right. <laughs> you know, uh, like have some, just have some balance. It's okay to mm-hmm. show, obviously, um, black people living in you know the projects and and living in these neighborhoods that um, obviously are, you know, areas where there's some socioeconomic economic issues but also let's show areas where you know there is the the middle class and the upper middle class um Mm -hmm. because then you're obviously cultivating a stereotype and um unfortunately a lot of these writers (laughs) have been white (laughs) stories and and it, it it gives the impression at least for me as a black woman reading these comic books that this is what you think of our culture this is how you think that black people live is that we just all live in the projects or we are um you know we grow out of very poor or tragic circumstances and that's mm-hmm. not every person's story yeah yeah oh, and for I feel sure. like with a lot of like like you said white writers they want to when they make a person of color they're like well I want to appeal to you know the everyday person so they're like I'm gonna make them I know right so I'm gonna gonna make them struggle and all this because I'm making a person of color that you know they've had people of color have hardships and hardship people will relate to that it's like well yeah we'll relate to it but that's not the only story (laughs) and I just look at that go I don't relate to the projects with, you know, a crackhead brother and, you know, your mom's this single mom who's also a prostitute. I'm like, yeah, don't, I don't, I rel- don't, relate, I don't relate to anything. I went, yeah, sorry. Just like, I, no, you missed me on that one. Yeah. I'm just like, luckily, luckily we're getting Monica Rambeau, who I hope they don't give too much tragic story in WandaVision. And they're just like, hey, she's like this badass agent of sword yeah she has has a great origin story i mean she has two parents and it's actual healthy you know childhood you know so it's like okay she had a really great upbringing um which is actually kind of rare that you see in the black characters in comics Mm -hmm. like okay a two-parent household right what two parents yeah food in the cupboard black family parent household yeah middle class okay wow that's weird um 
want to oh, see yeah. that. I want to see that so bad. <laughs> I think like, we'll get it. Yeah. I mean, I always think of like when I when growing up, uh, the 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 black superheroes that I like primarily saw were like John Stewart, mm-hmm. Static Shock, and then mm-hmm. eventually Miles Morales. You know, came around later on, and I think of all their backgrounds. All of them live in cities, right? So mm-hmm. John Stewart came from you know, the, and John Stewart's gone back to his neighborhood a few times and everything. And it's also like in you know. I don't know if it was could be considered the projects, but it was definitely black neighborhood. Like that's where he came from. Yeah. Like a black yeah. neighborhood. They didn't necessarily label it as the projects, but <laughs> some a lot it doesn't take long for people to connect, like, oh, it's a black neighborhood. Oh, it must be poor. Like, I mean, uh, then it's like yeah. then you get all that baggage on it. And then uh, and then Miles is Miles Morales technically also from that kind of similar kind of area, or I guess I'm not I mean he's with, kind he's of Afro Latina area. Yeah, he's from Brooklyn. Yeah. But it's not really a bad area of Brooklyn. It's like middle class ish. Okay. I mean, they they so live in like they a... fall into the same trap. Brooklyn is all gentrified now, so he's probably <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The apartment he's I don't I don't know about his when he was in Ultimate Universe. I haven't read that, but um, when he first got introduced, but um, now in the Saladina Med story, he's in a pretty good apartment with his parents. Like they don't they don't look you know poor. So <laughs> you know so yeah. Yeah, no, I was, I, I always, every time they've, I've seen Miles Morales kind of portrayed, he's never portrayed as like, oh, he's coming from a, you know, poor neighborhood. It's always been like, oh, he's pretty well off. He's going to a school and all these things. And yeah. Yeah. Like the guys, the guys living it up. In the same, <laughs> I, I presume he's kind of like in the same neighborhood that Peter Parker lived in. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I think so. I think he is. I think, I think actually a little bit more up, up, like higher up actually. Yeah. yeah the way they treat Peter Parker, they may also, they, they treat Peter Parker half the time as working class almost all the time. They never treat him as like, oh, you're coming from like a rich part of New York. Like, no, you're that's that's a, that's an average house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not living in a mansion. No, you're not Batman over here. Okay. <laughs> or you're, not, you're not Tony Stark. You're not living in a tower. <laughs> no, no. Peter uh, Parker is supposed to, be the, supposed to be the everyday, everyday superhero everyone can mm-hmm. relate with. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh god! Exactly. But I, I, I sometimes feel like, oh god, I sometimes feel like I'm the only person who doesn't like fall head over heels in love with Spider-Man. Me personally, I know I, I don't like Peter Parker. I don't dislike Spider-Man. I'm just like, so many people he's are just so excited about him, and I'm like, because he's been hey. around for so long. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like all over the place. Like I think merchandising and marketing. Mm plastered and just embossed his image in everything yeah. i mean you see his image all over cups and t-shirts yeah. and underwear and so yeah. it's just like you know embedded yeah. into your mind and your yeah. psyche and you're kind of forced to kind of like like him because of that but I've noticed um, a lot of like a lot of you know people in the you know that black people specifically seem to always gravitate to spider-man even before miles morales was even, like even a widespread thing spider-man seemed to be you know, something that the black community really yeah. connected to a lot and i never yeah. quite i was like oh i i because never understood I guess, why i guess because we didn't see his face right yeah so, so i think that's what it is envision ourselves yeah as him that, as opposed to like it. superman you know yeah. or even batman because you could yeah. see batman's you know they're white faces yeah 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 white faces yeah as a side note if you notice almost everyone on here except for him i got this shirt specifically because cyborg was on it but mm-hmm. like only cyborg the- who's not all the way human <laughs> right. right let's not get we're into really the symbolism we're not uh, getting into the symbolism of that right now 
Nope. Or the fact that he's an athlete and how almost like a lot of backstories of black people involved them being in some sort of athleticism thing. Right? Exactly. Can we just talk about how wrong they're doing Cyborg though? Like, these oh God, the recent news with that. Oh my God. member has their own movie at this point. Batman, Superman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. I would like to get a different actor to play Cyborg. <laughs> And I have his own I movie. Don't I, I don't, I don't think Ray Fisher is playing Cyborg anymore. Uh, I don't think yeah. yeah. But how That's they're under his, his character. Yeah. yeah. No, his character looked Ooh. awful. And I mean, among the many, I'm not, yeah. There's a lot <laughs> of negative. Kind of right now. But, <laughs> yeah. but, Cy, but for Cyborg specifically, Tunnel Vision, mm-hmm. um, his, like, uh, he just, the only part you could see was his face, the rest was his computer. And yeah, like, yeah. No. yeah yeah, yeah. No, was... they they did they didn't they didn't he work some black that. superhero movie like just the way marvel has with black panther you know cyborg is there he's super they're popular. black panther, he's like so popular technically like... yeah and they put him on doom patrol like yeah yeah he was so good on doom patrol though that actor is oh, god yeah there. but like they they didn't they didn't do barely enough with him like yeah he just seemed so you know either he was helping to sort of push the plot forward for the white characters or he <laughs> yeah. was just kind of off to the you know he's, he's, yep. he's somewhere he's somewhere yeah. Yeah. it's like so what are you well, doing well also in doom patrol it's a, again they gave him a girlfriend that's a like that's a, has a tragic story and then is like a murderer and then is like addicted to stuff it's like yeah <laughs> yeah and then he's like the trauma. reason his, yeah. trauma again yeah he's the reason his mom died which oh. i guess is technically cyborg story like i guess i can't really fault that but like the vixen is right there bumblebee is right there mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of another black superhero in dc it's hard there's um, icon yeah. there's rocket oh yeah icon yeah rocket black lightning Attic. black lightning black lightning he should mm-hmm. be on the Justice League. He's super right. duper powerful. He's so and cool. he's popular now because of the show. So people oh, actually yeah. know who Both he is. Both the show and the animated version. The animated version's cool as crap. Like, come yeah. on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't understand. They're so like they could integrate them, but you know, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Aquaman, Hot Girl, Hot Guy. Ooh, gotta love them, right? So <laughs> <laughs> oh God, don't get me started on how the fact that Hot Girl is so like they did not treat her well in the show, like at all. Mm-hmm. Like for the like watch the, the tomorrow, they she was basically a plot device. In oh, I don't show. know. It was and didn't they ugh. didn't they get their powers from Egyptian artifacts? I'm like, don't get me started on that. Didn't whole they whitewash that character too? Oh, so bad they did. Yeah. Is, really is Hot Girl not white? Hot Girl, okay. Hot Girl in the show in the in the show. In, I don't know. Well, there was, remember, so there was Hawk, <laughs> there was Hot Girl in the animated series. She was white. Uh-huh. And she was standing yeah, here. Yeah. They, she, mm-hmm. But there was also the, they tried introducing the whole past lives thing too at some point. <laughs> yeah. was, they tried to me- meld both the alien and the past human lives thing. At some that point. was weird. Um, oh. And then, and then in the TV show with, with the, where they, they she, sh- um, she came off the flash cause she was introduced to the flash. And then they, she went into legends of tomorrow and she was okay. racially, amb- she's racially ambiguous. Although I think the actress <laughs> herself is, Actually, I'm not sure. I have to look it up. She looks mixed race. race. She's mixed. I believe she is. I believe she, yeah. But okay. they made her mixed race. But they made Hawkman white specifically, though, which is okay. Weird. That's who it was. Yeah. Hawkman. Yeah. Hawkman okay. was white. Okay. And they were, they, they always, they did the reincarnation thing with um, 
crap what, who the evil person of that season was oh uh, um, uh, um you know you know it's the um, vandal savage there thank is. you vandal savage uh, okay yeah they did the whole reincarnation thing with him and then but she was just a plot device and they wrote her out of the show and i was like okay we wow. could have had a cool hot girl, but I guess we don't. We so can't bad. have that anymore. <laughs> like hot girl is only interesting in the animated show. That's it. They've only Why can't have, we only have had nice it. things. <laughs> Women are always used as plot devices in so many things, like right. black, we get, white, and fridged color. so hard. Yeah. Like, DC just needs to get it together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they do. So, so true. Just, yeah. Uh, and so, as a side anecdote, do you know why? Um, so this is something I always like, ever since I learned about it, I always like to mention it. So Black Lightning, you mentioned Black Lightning. So you know mm-hmm. that there's Black Vulcan in the old <laughs> Super Friends show, right? Yeah. Um, do you know oh. why that there's Black Vulcan when there's Black Lightning at the same time? No. Why? So the creator of the Black Lightning, uh, <laughs> whose name is, oh, I think it's Tony Isabella. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. Um, yeah. He and it was he had some there was some legal battles over who was going to pay him for use of Black Lightning and Hanna Barbera who had the rights to the DC properties at the time when they didn't want to mm-hmm. pay him, and so he's like, well, you can't use my character then. So like, okay, we're just going to make Black Vulcan then, who's basically the same. And so literally, there's two characters it's supposed to be the exact same thing except just based on the name difference. Oh and Tony there. Isabella actually riffed on them in a comic later on. With the whole storyline revolving a fake black uh, uh, black uh, lightning that was being used by a white woman to steal jewels, it was a whole the whole thing. <laughs> he he's another he's another older white man that created a black character mm-hmm. likes to keep mm-hmm. them in in the mud basically, yeah. and I don't <laughs> I don't like it because <laughs> I mean he, like because I mean. I'm not talking to, I'm I'm just stating the facts. Mm-hmm. He in the recent run he was in, The Outsiders, Black Lightning was like the like the leader besides Batman. They put Batman in the issue so it would sell whatever. So, mm-hmm. but Batman wasn't <laughs> the main thing. Black Lightning, he was leading the people um in this team and he was really good and they like it was Brian Edward Hill as, as a black writer. He really did a lot for the character and it was like 11 issues or no 17 issues. Um, and really developed the character, made it see that he's actually more po- like really powerful, and he could have always been with the Justice League, but he always was like, well, I don't really feel like I belong there um, because he he's like, well, maybe I should just stay and protect him, you know, people in my town. That's why he, that's he kind of explained it why they kept mm-hmm. him off Justice League, even though we all know why. Um, <laughs> and and in the end, Batman himself even says, you should be on the Justice League. You always should have been. And he's like, you should think about it, like do like becoming that, and and he talked and he talked crap about that all that, like the the creator, the white man, and I'm just like, he's like, well, you know, his thing is to be a teacher and to stay down there, and I'm just like, why are you the mad? magical Negro, right? <laughs> I'm like, why are you mad that we're like that? He's like this black man is trying to get this really powerful black character into the forefront. Like right? the thing you created, it would be on a main book. Like, why are you mad about that? Like, it doesn't. Well, because because they have a hierarchy where they can see white heroes as being the bastions of freedom and humanity. But if you're a black hero, even if you're wildly powerful, 
they're like, oh, well, you know, but you're going to stay street level and you're going to help introduce new white characters to the upper echelon. We're, we're the stepping stool. We're that, we're that boost up for other characters, but not for ourselves. And yeah, it's, sometimes it is just so transparent. That's what ha- that, that is what is happening, that it's just like, really? Do you think we're blind? Do you think we haven't noticed the last, you know, 70, 100 years of how we have been presented like WTF, dude? Kind of like American Gods, where Uh, Orlando Jones was a writer on that, but also a character on that. And he was writing for most of the Black characters. And literally a, a, a white producer, white writer came in and said, yeah, no, you're you're doing too much. You're 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 upsetting the black folk. You're you're putting bad ideas into their head. I can write mm. black people better. So mm. we're just going to dismiss you. And he fired him. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, 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 <laughs> you, you, mm, mm, like. <laughs> You want to talk about angry get shit done? You just pissed off like a huge segment of your fan base by doing that. But yeah, it's it's always the it it's that it's the racism that still has not been addressed that you know still exists unfortunately. So yeah, yeah, that's why I'm like want to read a want to read a good story where a black man and like an Asian woman called Kawana Katana Katana get um and another black character too. It's a it's a Batman um, side person um, signal, yeah. I don't really know much about him, but he's like the black character wears like yellow or whatever. Um, there, he's in a story too, Batman and the Outsiders by Brian Edward Hill. It's a good story, good character development for people of color. There you go. That's see, I'm another black person actually writing people of color in like a good like forward way without making it all about their race like because it wasn't like it, it his race might have gotten mentioned or anybody's race might have gotten mentioned once maybe i don't i can't even remember if it did it was just their own personal growth and all that they were just people going through things yeah so. yep ultimately it just we just have to keep demanding more it's it's by us talking about it and no and realizing the tropes and the trends and everything it's just about not saying oh well it is what it is well yeah it is how it is right now but you know it's not going to always be that way and especially if we don't say anything or don't keep pushing for change because ultimately that's what needs to happen and we will make it happen especially if by, by you know demanding more and mm-hmm. getting people in the right places and making sure that as people who are making this media for us like the you know, comics you know animation tv movies all of it they mm-hmm. need to bring in people that have those experiences or at least can speak from those perspectives and i know we can say that we want that but it's just going to be about you know if someone wants to actually be in those places just to really push and try to get into those spaces and in any way possible. Like I honestly wish sometimes when I see like various properties, like start going in certain directions with, you know, various people of color or, you know, black people like, okay, I always want to know who made this decision and why was like, did they just make it had the final say 
And if so, why did they go in this direction? Why it, it, it makes me think of why didn't they not look outside to see if this is okay or if this is a proper way to go about it. It seems as though it's not even about just even putting people of color, and that just puts a lot of burden on people of color to make the change and not put it, you know have it be put on you know white people to actually realize oh maybe I shouldn't be writing a story like this. It's about also just kind of making sure that you know white people at least make sure that they acknowledge like oh maybe I should you know ask about this perspective or maybe you know have someone you know come on and and, and help you know me write this you know kind of story but mm-hmm. it's it's gonna take time but it's it's happening faster now which is good but it's it's always about demanding more still and not and not resting on our laurels with it for sure you know yeah and I also think um to go a little bit even deeper into this I think we should also make sure we support independent comic creators and, um, you know, purchase their comics, you know, support their Kickstarter, um, you know, do what we can to make sure that their voices and their words are being read and heard Mm because, you know, they're obviously trying to create a path for themselves rather than trying to get a seat at the table and not necessarily go to the big two. Um, They're trying to create their own tables and, I think that that's really important because uh, you don't always have to go to the big two to get your entertainment when it comes to reading your favorite mm-hmm. books. There's a lot of great comics out there from independent publishers and creators, and a lot of them are people of color. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of them are diverse creators, you know, in the LGBTQ community. And I think it's important that we support those people because they're doing really hard work out there. And um, I'm sure it's not easy you know to kind of be your own gatekeeper um so that's something to think about too definitely that's a a great that's a great thing to bring up so now i'm going to ask who are your favorite indie people that you're reading these days or that you want to support that you like to support these days um don yuen is uh the artist for pablo the gorilla and he's a really great guy, absolutely super sweet, comes up with a lot of really crazy, wacky ideas and loves to implement them. And um, I think he, he I think he has a Kickstarter going currently. So if you guys look at Pablo the Gorilla, he is um, an Asian American man and just I love his work. I love the art that he does. And um, I think you can find him on Twitter and Instagram under Nguyen it. I, can't exactly spell it. I'm horrible at spelling, but yeah, just Don Yuen, absolutely wonderful and great. And I absolutely, yeah, just I support his work because he has a lot of different good stuff that's out there. And a lot of it has people of color represented in it. Good. Awesome. I am not good with names. I surprised I even remembered Brian Edward Hills. Um, <laughs> so I, I, and I'm just now trying to get more into indie books. Um, so I am open to a lot of indie books from my way for people that listen. If you have any suggestions, <laughs> <laughs> place them my way. Um, but I don't, I don't have any people of color. Niobe sadly. and Desu. Niobe's great. Oh, okay, Love okay. them. Yeah, oh my God. Comics. Um, Stranger Comics is great. Uh, oh gosh, what is it? Sebastian. Um, he is amazing. Um, good friend of mine. Um, Tim Fielder 
he um has diesel funk uh dieselfunk.com is his website um i i also want to open the invitation so uh, my website is blackgirlnerds.com uh we review comics we obviously need to do it a lot more um so i am open to any independent uh comic book creators that are listening to this right now that want to have you know their books reviewed on our site or mm-hmm. even want to be interviewed um to definitely reach out to me um we have a form on the website where you can contact me because that that's the reason why we exist i i definitely want to be a conduit to voices to marginalized voices and to obviously amplify them um the best way that i can so so yeah but those are some names that i know awesome I recently read uh, a comic. I wish I had it in front of me now. Like I'd have to go searching through the stacks of trades that I have. <laughs> but it was, um, it was. Oh God! It was basically, it was basically a story around uh, surrounding um, a someone who came, immigrated to America from, I believe it was Nigeria. But there, the concept is that there's aliens that live on Earth now, and so certain countries allow them in, and other countries don't. And America is very controlled about how they let in aliens, specifically. Mm. And this one, uh, this uh, this woman got um, uh, uh, got pregnant, had, is pregnant with an alien, and therefore she was trying to sneak in this uh, this uh, this baby into the states and everything, and have give birth to them there and stuff. Um, but uh, no, so actually, no, take it back. There's two things. One, they were trying to smuggle in an alien and they were also mm-hmm. pregnant. But and, and ah. the, it, it plays into the story each way. But I'd have to look up the title of the, the comic because I remember it was over the summer and I went outside and it was, it was one of those moments like I need to go outside and not be inside because we're all kind of just huddled in during the pandemic. And I just wanted to go mm-hmm. outside. I just laid out on the grass and just read a comic. And I'm like, God, I haven't done this in a long time. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but I remember picking that one up because it was out of the stack of trays that I still need to read because I gotten so many from my friends and so many from different conventions that I'm like, so many trades, <laughs> so many. Yeah, same. <laughs> that Very I just same. have to go through. And uh, some, I'm like, some are more interesting than others. But that was one that was like, okay, I need to read this one because this one looks interesting. And... And it was obviously written by a person of color. And I believe it was also uh, the, the author. I think they're also, it's, they're originally from Africa as well, based on their name. I'd have to look back at it again. I, I will work on that and try to get that information at least somewhere in here so someone can find it. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, but always all the time, I'm always, you know, I always like to see, uh, you know, people outside the main too, you know, come up with awesome stories because there are so many great writers and you oh. know, producers out there. I have one um, Ooh, that yeah. I just remembered because they are part of kind of the big two, but they also do a lot of indie books. And I've read one of their indie books, um, Vida Ayala. I love Vida Ayala. Yeah. I read their their uh, Valiant book mm. about mm-hmm. the black girl superhero that is like kind of can like speak to technology and kind of morph it or kind of, I forget. Mm. Oh man. It starts, I think it starts with the V. I can't remember what the hero is called, but it had like three volumes. Um, it's really good. So that's, just look up Vida Ayala. <laughs> and there you go. And then look up all of their, all of their um, awesome work. I'm glad they're, they're definitely an up and coming writer that is getting a lot more attention, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And um, they're also creating, I feel like they are also creating their own seat table while having, a seat at the table at uh, DC and Marvel more. Livewire. 
Yes, it was not a V. It was Livewire. There you go. See my brain. Um, <laughs> but Livewire, Livewire is really good. Um, it's also a tragic story, but not in the way that we were talking about people of color and tragic stories. It's it's written very well. I really liked it. And that's a that's a a black woman as a superhero that's not part of the big two. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Found it. It was called LaGuardia. And it's by uh in uh Inadi Okorafor. <laughs> I know I'm skewering that. Oh, name. yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with that writer. Yeah. Um, so, I think she's also doing like uh, the Game of Thrones series as, as sort of um, either not the prequel, but it's sort of, um, I don't know. I'm not articulating <laughs> it right. But she's doing something <laughs> affiliated with Game of Thrones. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was it was very entertaining uh, trade comic to read, and so and the the art and the colors were really awesome. And I was like, oh, I was really enthralled. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, um, I I think we are gonna start winding down. So if you want to, I know that Jamie, you plugged your website, but if you wanted to add an additional plug, please do so now. We would love for people to you know you know find you and more easily. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, yes. Blackgirlnerds.com is the site. Please contact me if you are, again, are an independent creator of comics. I would love to uh, review your book. Um, also, we review movies, TV shows. So, you know, if you're an independent filmmaker, we do that as well. Uh, we also have a podcast. So feel free to tune in weekly for that. That drops every Monday. And socials, you can find me on Twitter at Blackgirlnerds. And my personal Twitter is at Jamie Broadnecks. Yay. nice what about you rod oh um you can find me on uh, twitter and sometimes instagram at rod comma the um i'm trying to get more and more into the geek and nerd culture so i'm part of a podcast right now it's a uh, x's for pod with raven um <laughs> and i've been on i've guest started on a few other podcasts and i'm open to be a part of other podcasts as like a guest speaker to talk about the nerd knowledge that I know, our experience as like a gay person or a person of color. Like I are just, you know, a nerd person. <laughs> like another nerd person, person. Is very, another person is very knowledgeable. <laughs> um, so I'm very open for that. So find me at Rod comma the at on Twitter on Instagram. <laughs> so as it as in you spell out comma or is it I didn't think comma yeah, was... yeah you spell yeah. out yeah so it's okay. R O D C O M M A T H E. Got it. Okay, I was like, I don't think they allow commas in like Twitter handles, <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure. It's a reference. <laughs> it's a reference of uh, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where she's like um, Slayer, comma the. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you're one of those oh. people. Okay. I I, I, I grew up. I grew up on, I grew up on Buffy, so that's my. <laughs> so I love her. So. I totally understand. I totally understand. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to thank Jamie and Rod for joining us. Uh, it was really awesome having you guys here. And especially, Jamie, I know you 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 stayed a lot longer than we were anticipating. And we really appreciate that. <laughs> that we really fun. appreciate thank you so thank much. Thank you. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, that was nice talking with you, Jamie. Glad to talk It was nice you. talking to you, too. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I haven't talked comics in, for so long. So, <laughs> Gosh, Love Let it. Me...